because then it's right. um, also it's important because you know we're telling sometimes very personal ghost stories, and so people need to feel like it's a safe space, so they they'll less likely open up if everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So we'll just treat it like a campfire. Right. Not literally. Although we have a lot to get into. We do have a lot. Yes. And we should have, yeah, we still have some time before we start. Yeah. We're yeah. just, we're just all the most excited about it. Yeah. That's what it is. Okay. So before we start, because I want to wait till everybody gets here, because I know we have some more listeners coming and we have friends of the podcast, yes. Matt Grounds, who was our engineer. I'll introduce yes. him again. He's fantastic. He's he made is. our lives so much easier. Oh I don't have to edit it, and he doesn't have to hear me complain about editing it. It really has worked out so for us. Great. <laughs> uh, and then we have Michael's Brandon. <laughs> well, technically, yeah. I am Brandon's Michael. Yeah, it's true. And then Jack. Jack. Yeah, Jack is here too. Yeah. And we. That's Rye bread. Rye. Yeah, that's Rye. Rye. I don't think we've talked about Rye. Rye, Rye much everyone. On the this is this is uh, the illegitimate son I had with Brina Palencia twenty years ago. That's right. That's right. Some we of you were like, really? No, not really. Yes, really. As far as I know. I don't know. The Black Butler days were a weird time in my life. It's true. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of questions. Um, so uh, for those of you that don't listen to the podcast, we talk about our lives a lot and stuff that we're going through and whatever. And, and mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. includes our loved ones, which include our fiancés, Brandon and Jack, and then also our dogs. Uh, <laughs> Dexter, Dot, Leela. Gus and Genji. That's right. Those, Those are, are all their, their names. names. Genji, Gus, Dot, Dexter, and Leela. Leela's the oldest. Leela's She's the my oldest. Shih Tzu. She is the. Yeah, you made Yay! it, Jeremy. In the here. We come, have come. a front we row have, for have, you guys. Front row, front row for you. Um, you guys can sit in the front row. Not Anthony. Anthony, you can. I don't know. We only have. Okay, yes. only four of you can sit on the front row. Yeah, can we get it? <laughs> yeah, Kel Over there, Kellen, great. just sit on Rye. Just. I think we could probably we could probably now do an extra chair. Now it's a podcast. Now it's a podcast. We'll get you an extra chair. We'll get you an extra chair. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so these are other friends of ours that have also been very supportive We're to the podcast. Break, uh, for the, those of you, <laughs> you can't hear me. Oh. <laughs> And this is everyone without alcohol. So do you, for those of you who have listened, do you remember way back, episode three, we had Alexis Tipton as a guest? Stand up, Alexis. She was on the Alexis, podcast. Yes. Yes. She was our first yes. guest. And I don't know if Caitlin Glass is going to make it, but she was on our last year's... Uh, <laughs> makes right, it okay. sound like she's fighting for her life. We're if not we sure if Caitlin's going to make it. She's going to make it. <laughs> she has a lot of people at her table, and she may pass before she finishes. Um, she did our St. Patrick's Day episode last year. She's probably going to do it again this year, so we're excited about having her yeah. back. And uh, we're trying to get all these assholes on the podcast as well. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah, and so to start us off, I feel like we should... Uh, should we have Jeremy Inman tell his story? Yeah. Okay. So, what, uh, for those of you that have not listened to an episode of the podcast before, we uh, the longer episodes start with a cold open, which is usually us reading a submission from one of you fine people, a personal story that you've written down and shared with us, and we'll do it a really spooky reading. Uh, so, it's usually cool to start with a personal story. And it's going to be. And a Jeremy would you Evans. like to do our cold open and tell your really fucking awesome ghost story? The one you were talking about earlier, 
Yeah, but yeah. come do it on microphone yeah. so yeah. we can get it for the podcast. Do some fucking work. Jeremy Emmett. Well, Michael. Yeah, we're just, it's just now Am 6 15. So is might this wanna... how you podcast? Am I podcasting right you're now? Po- you're, po- you're an active podcaster. I am so podcasting right now. <laughs> All right, tell us your story, goddammit. Oh, let's, like, here, give me some filler so like, I can process it. I, I got to know where to stop and start it. You don't talk. Start from the beginning. Okay. Start from the beginning. So, it's a very good place to start. Well, I don't want to, I ramble, so I'm really trying to give it a. Okay, great. So. <laughs> Cold open. We're probably going to go over that. the story I think you're talking about, it happened back in when I was in high school. Uh, I had this group of guy friends. It was me, Mark, Greg, and Danny. And my Did friend, you guys have a band? Mark. I don't know we should have. I know. We, we could have called it uh, Greg and Nanny. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good name. Yeah, Greg and Nanny. You improv. Right. <laughs> For single. You improve your improv. <laughs> yeah. So... Mark, Mark's uh, half, uh, half of his family was Hispanic and they owned a ranch up in Northern California. We all grew up in Southern California and they had a ranch up in middle of nowhere, uh, Northern California. And once a year we would all trek up there and be men, if you will, like rat horses and sleep in this really dank, crappy, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) not, not be, yeah. Not Bear Lake. <laughs> but hey, I don't know. I mean, maybe. Uh, they shot the Rocketeer up there, so you never know. Um, whose phone is ruining you my... dinged! Matt dinged! Matt grounds. It's usually me that dings, God. so I just want to point that out. Okay, so, so you were up at the Bear Lake. We're all, we're all up Northern California, <laughs> Bear Lake, playing cowboy, right? And... Uh, like rat horses or whatever, whatever, you know. Uh, we would eat Diddy Moore stew. I love Diddy Moore. The place where we slept was this crap hole of a, a huge air quotes around house. It was one bedroom next to one room that had a kitchenette and an old dusty couch, no TV, laminate floors. It was obviously where ranch hands had stayed for years and years or whatever. And in the bedroom, there was an old couch, an old cot, and an old hospital bed. Love it. On each perspective wall, right? So one night after doing playing cowboy, Bear Lake Lake Cowboys right again. uh, That's your band name. Right? So, sorry, I'm not even drinking. Um, me and my friend Greg, it gets better, we're sharing the hospital bed, the old rundown <laughs> hospital bed against the wall. Danny was over on this other cot, and my friend Mark was on the couch on the other end of the wall. And it was dark, right? It was obviously dark. We were on a ranch. There's not a lot of natural lighting. And in the middle of the night, uh, I woke up, and I'm trying to really paint a verbal picture via podcast here. but uh, Perfect. Um, You're doing great. In the corner of the room... The, there was the door where you came in, right in between where Mark was and Danny was. And I could see, I was laying on my side, and I opened my eyes. And in the doorway, where there was just a little light from there, but it was mainly just pitch dark in our room, was this black, darker and blacker than any 
of my surroundings. Like it stood out, hooded, shaped, just figure, but sure. I don't know. Um, but it was like, you know, like somebody had, it was a hooded shaped, dark black figure in an already dark room. And it scared the shit out of me. And like, so it like petrified me to the point where I was frozen. I've never been that frozen scared before in my life. To the point where I was basically spooning with Greg. <laughs> and so I start elbowing Greg, um, like, good the fuck up, what the, so we can say, what? Yes, just, it's I, fine. I don't know, I just have to ask now. that. Yeah, now, <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, so I start elbowing Greg, uh, wake up. Wake up. And as I'm elbowing Greg, the figure starts to move into the room more. And the funny part, what we still laugh to this day about, <laughs> is that earlier in the day, we thought we might need weapons to protect ourselves or something stupid like 17-year-olds do. And Greg had the barrel of a BB gun, an inoperable BB gun. And he doesn't say anything. I hear him wake up, and I hear him... and he. I know he's heard me saying there's something in our room and it's moving towards our bed and I don't know what, you know, I'm like, I don't want to make any noise because, you know. What if it knows that you know that it's Right, there? exactly. It's going to know and then, he's gonna, and then it's going to be awkward. <laughs> That's like, the last you thing you want with Twitter. a shadow figure. Now, <laughs> so now you've Greg made an does, awkward shadow figure. Like, you're me and I'm Greg. Okay. You're looking at that demon figure. Oh, the only thing Greg says Sorry, or does is, is I see, this is his BB gun barrel. Uh -huh. He does this. <laughs> and lays it on my chest. Like, I'm the, the fuck am I gonna do with this? Throw it at him? <laughs> at this point, Danny has woken up. That was his way of up. passing it to you. This right. is your problem now. I've been <laughs> demon knighted, right? <laughs> with the, the ancient BB barrel thing i don't know but at this point danny's awake and goes what the fuck is going on what are you i'm like dude do you see that and danny saw it and he's like what what the fuck what that's all danny could do right. and then that woke mark up on the couch who was the closest to it and mark woke up said fuck and left <laughs> like, i forgot about that part during the other part like mark literally got up and left the room and then turned on all the lights in the kitchen and stuff. And then that lit up the room and stuff. But that point when it was in the doorway, moving towards me, felt like an eternity. Yeah. It was probably like 10 seconds. I don't know. 10 years off my life. <laughs> uh, but that was the scary. I've got a few ghost stories, but that's the scariest ghost encounter that I've ever had. Who knows what it was, but it was definitely, it was definitely weird to see something in such a dark room be darker than everything. Yeah. And animate itself towards you yeah and i was really i saw it longer than anybody else because i spent a good at least enough amount of time trying to tell myself i'm just i'm just seeing something crazy i'm just seeing i'm a skeptic i love ghost stories but i immediately talk myself out of believing any of them as soon as i hear them so that's what i started to try to do initially but when it started to move i was like that's after well and then having everybody else see and then it. everybody val and then my friend mark just leave yeah. I'm like, I like Mark's style. Yeah. <laughs> this is why That's we good. don't ghost hunt together. That's right. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, we found one. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Glad you're here. Gotta go. See you later. So that's my cold Thank open you. demon good story. Thank you. Good job. That was a good story. 
Yeah, Jamie's mantra is, oh, fuck, I hope he gets out okay. That's right. <laughs> Sounds rough for Michael. <laughs> I'm going I'm to go. I'm going to go out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How is everybody? Yay! My hero, Con Dallas. This is exciting. So, okay, we have more people in. So how many people have watched the podcast or listened to the podcast before? Oh, good. Yeah. Good, 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 we good. love it. And we know some people came just for the podcast, so we're excited about you guys. Um, uh, let's see. What do we want to talk about? I don't know. How's the day? Michael. What? <laughs> I was just, I was just hey, shushing Jeremy. Stop talking to Michael. Talking to Brandon. Stop talking. This is a podcast, and the people with the microphone are the ones allowed to talk. They can hear you that in the rave. That sounded so hardcore. Um, <laughs> but it is. We are recording this, so this will be what we play Monday. So welcome to the podcast, you guys. Yay. Yeah. 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 Yay. So today, what are we talking about, Michael? We're going to talk about a personal experience that we shared uh, with each other and with two people here. We're talking about the, the Adolphus, Adolphus Hotel. Yes, in um, downtown Dallas. How many people here, like most of you are local, uh, I'm assuming, right? Because uh, you're, you know, why would you not be? But does anyone here know the Adolphus? Has anyone ever been there, heard of it? So as one person has. A few people. A couple people. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. It is widely known as one of the most haunted locations in Dallas. So yes. it's haunted as fuck. <laughs> yes. 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 And um, so I guess I'll start and then we'll get into the history. Yeah, yeah. So this I can, well, I can start with the history and then uh, you can well, start with the Well, I was going to start ghost. with the ghost stories and mm -hmm. then the history and then the end with the no. You can do the boring history first and then you can get the ghost. Why don't we do that? Because I like to talk about the ghost stories and then get into like our experience. Just oh, trust yeah. me. Okay. okay. So. <laughs> so. <laughs> This is how it always is. Welcome to it, guys. Okay, so people have been reporting ghosts at the Adolphus Hotel since the 1930s. It was built in the 20s. He's going to get into that. The 19th floor is reportedly the most haunted, and for the majority of those stories, you have to consider that the ballroom has only recently been reopened. You can totally get married there, by the way, guys. That's sweet. So the Palm Garden Ballroom, which is the ballroom there, once dazzled guests until a reconstruction project to add more rooms closed off that part of the building. And reportedly the only access point for decades was a small crawl space. Uh, the front desk, however, would regularly get complaints from guests staying on the 19th floor. They would ask why they had been given a room next to a ballroom because big band music along with the sounds of people talking, laughing and clinking glasses was keeping them awake. <laughs> it's good. And that's multiple reports, right? Ghosts know how to party. Yeah. <laughs> there are also reports of a woman in white, which we refer to as... Bitches in white! Oh, you get a gold star. Yay, we have t-shirts that say bitches in white. You can get them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> along with the Goal Intentions t-shirts. Uh, this woman is seen walking along the halls of the 19th floor or in the ballroom specifically. It's commonly believed she was a bride that had been jilted and took her own life. In fact, we took a tour... And we'll get into that in a minute. Mm. And when we were in the ballroom, they said that she had hanged herself, which if you listen to the podcast, I feel very strongly about hanged. It's hanged. Uh, if you're <laughs> doing it yourself, it is hanged. If someone else is hanging you up, they have hung you. Just want to be specific. If you have hanged <laughs> yourself and then um, someone decides to put you up as to show you off, then they have hung you, but you are hanging yourself. Anyway, anyway. And, and gentlemen, while you might be hung, chances are it's hanged. <laughs> We didn't even plan that. That's so good. Okay. 
So, <laughs> thank you. Thank anyway, thank it's you. believed that she hanged herself right in this closet off of the ballroom. But there is a difference. Like some people will say it's the 1920s, some say the 30s, some say the 60s. So it's we're not sure when it happened. And there's also no reported deaths of um, a bride from suicide in the building. That doesn't mean that she didn't do it later or something like that. But um, as you will see, there have been a lot of deaths within the building. So there's no reason it couldn't be numerous other people. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. That was all of that. Okay. Uh, do, do, do. They see her all the time. There's also been re reports of hearing a woman, often believed to be this woman, crying, sobbing. And those cries are often accompanied by the chiming of a music box, which is fucking freaky. Uh, I, uh, yeah. She's so got her own soundtrack. It's not just her either. The spirit of another woman lingers in the hotel's bistro. Jack can tell you about that. Yeah. And often patrons complain of the sound of footsteps echoing in the halls, like running through the halls. Even mm -hmm. though it's carpeted, windows fly open and slam shut on their own. A phantom piano can be heard playing in the night. And many guests have reported being touched by unseen hands. Now, specifically, <laughs> my uh, I booked my parents there a stay while they were visiting. This was several years ago, and uh, the the night we, I was hanging out with them in the room before I left, they had two bottles of Coke like this, and I stuck them in their ice bucket. And you have to call to the office, you know, downstairs, and they will bring you ice. It's very fancy, and so they had this big table that was set up against the wall, and I pushed the ice bucket back against the wall because my dad, there's no way he wouldn't have knocked it over. And I, and I put the, the Cokes inside the bucket. The next morning when they woke up, the table lamp that was on the other side had been picked up and set on top of the chair. And the ice bucket was upside down in the middle of the room. The Cokes were out and set to the side and there was water on the floor and underneath the glass on the table, but not on the glass. So between the glass and the wood of the table, that's what happened. So she called the front desk. Hey, we have a big water spill. No idea what happened. And when they came up, the manager came up too. And she was like, now what happened? And she told her everything that happened. And then my mom, because I had told her it was super fucking haunted, she said, uh, has this kind of thing happened before? And the manager said, well, this one's new. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that was pretty crazy. And they had little things happen the rest of their time there. But that was such a big, like, hello, we see you. And we walked through and, you know, could hear little things here and there. But Michael and I also, and mm -hmm. Alexis and Brandon, mm -hmm. had a, a fun time there. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So so uh, uh, Jamie and I shared this passion for, for telling ghost stories and doing research into stuff like this for pretty much as long as we've known each other, which yep. has been a while now. And, uh, and Alexis shares this passion. And mm -hmm. so the four of us, uh, including Brandon, decided for my 40th birthday. Brandon has birthday, to share it now. Yeah, yeah, Brandon's like he's in, <laughs> he's in. Uh, so we decided for my 40th birthday, would it be cool? It would be cool to go to the Adolphus, which I've never, st I'd never stayed the night in before. I'd gone to eat at the French Room, which is their one of their very fancy, fancy schmancy restaurants where there's like a whole like flotilla of in, like a instruments what? you have to use. Um, oh, big words. It has a lot of yeah. A it's a fat tortilla, a flotilla. A it's, yeah, it's a whole bunch. <laughs> Thank you, Jack. Yeah, there's like a, there's like a, you know, there's like 30 pieces of silverware that you have to use, and, and they replace all of them for every every course. 
Yeah. It sounded like a Tex-Mex appetizer. <laughs> so uh, anyway, <laughs> I've had a dinner at, at the restaurant there several times, but I never stayed the night. And we thought, decided, well, it'd be really, really cool if we if we um, went there for my birthday. Now, I didn't know it was a surprise that everyone had had concocted. Brandon had to work that day. So just to give you a little backstory, he's like, yeah, sorry for your actual birthday. I can only join you guys for lunch. And so we went to like the, the tea room at the Arboretum, which is really nice. And I was cool. Mm-hmm. Brandon joined us there. And he's like, I go, got to go back to work. So he went off. And then just Alexis and Jamie and I kind of, you know, putzed around Dallas for a little while looking at fun stuff. We went to some cool bookshop and just and we were talking about it. And then then one of them, I, I forget it was Alexis or you makes them like, hey, we're near we're near the Adolphus. We should just go and like check it out. Um, and we're like, yeah, why not? Um, so we go to the Adolphus. And I didn't know they. I didn't know they'd planned all of this. I didn't know we were going to spend the night there. I just thought, cool, we had some something planned later that night. So we go to the Adolphus, and we're like, Alexis is like, I remember there's like a secret way to get to the ballroom, which at the time was off limits because yeah. it was no longer it hadn't been used in the ballroom. It was still the crawl about, space. We yeah. thought, yeah. And so Alexis is like, I've seen it before. I know a place. Let's go up to this floor and we'll go up there. And so we go and we round a corner and uh, this figure jumps out at us and says, boo. And it's Brandon. (laughs) (laughs) It was amazing. It was great. And I was like, oh my God. And he's like, welcome to your room. Because basically they're leading uh, leading us to the awesome suite that we had gotten for the night. And I was like, oh, guys. Um, (laughs) It's a really fancy hotel. So when you stay there, you feel like a million bucks. And they they want you to because then you'll spend like you have a million bucks. That's true. Uh, so, so we spend the night there and, uh, you know, if you ever have a chance to be in a place that's reputed to be haunted and a lot of hotels have stories, especially older ones, because there's just something about that much traffic <laughs> in a building that like it accumulates stories. So Jamie's trick is to always go to the concierge desk and be like, Hey, we know your shit's haunted. <laughs> what can you tell us? <laughs> what, uh, she, what information can you provide for us? Yeah. Yeah. Like, slip them a 20 or gift certificate to Sizzler or something. And you just, right. and, Sizzler. Uh, and so, you know, we're like, hey, and, and the concierge pulls one of these. He's like, there's a guy named Greg. <laughs> I can call him, he'll be here at 10 o'clock. He'll take you on a tour. And we're like, and we're like that is what we want. That's awesome, thank you. <laughs> yes, please. We also might've been a little drunk by this time. So we're like, hey. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Where are your ghosts? I'd you only know. had a couple. <laughs> And they're like, this is uh, Greg with security. He will take you on a tour out the fuck side. So, uh, but so we met back up in the lobby around ten or eleven. I was one of, uh, something around that time, and when Greg was getting off shift, and he was happy to stay for another hour or two, and and we liked Greg instantly. He was, he was like great. Just the kind of guy that was like, "You guys want a story?" It was it was like meeting up for a drug deal. It was. Uh, he was like, and the drug was y'all ghost want, stories. Y'all want some stories? Okay, we let's want go. Stories, yeah. So he took us like not only to all the, all the cool spots that are open to wonder if if you're a guest in the hotel, but he took us like in like the back room of the kitchen, uh, mm-hmm. down these these service corridors that are not accessible unless you are with staff, and told us all these really great stories and he told us about the the woman in white that and people had seen and had some of his own stories pretty much everyone that works there for any length of time has a story or five and uh so he he we like met a couple other people he's like hey randy tell him your story and randy would tell us a story about how he saw the woman in white come up behind him while he was baking the the sweetbreads uh at four o'clock in the morning for for to the breakfast rush and we're like okay this is crazy and then off we'd go here and the final stop he's like i'm gonna take you guys up to the ballroom which is the most haunted place it's um and it was he said particularly active because the ballroom itself had not been used regularly in about 20 years in its heyday it was a huge venue it was a nightclub some of the biggest names in jazz and big band and and uh, mm-hmm. it was popular the music place at the time music. 
performed there at some point. And uh, but it hadn't. It just fell out of favor as ballroom dancing kind of went the way of 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 many fads. And so it just kind of was used occasionally for photo shoots or for weddings. But it, they just decided to finally close it down because it was too much to upkeep. But they. Uh, I guess the year before we decided to stay there, they were like, well, let's start refurbishing it and maybe we'll open it back up again. And I think now it is reopened as a, as a nightclub. But that tends to fuck things up. Construction! The yeah. The resident ghosts are like, I like the Wayne's Cutting. What the fuck are you doing? And they'll come out and You do would shit. say Wayne's Cutting. That's what it is. Anyway. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, so it's called wall paneling. <laughs> I was speaking there for are, Jeremy. There are types crazy. of wall paneling, and wainscoting is only I'm one. On Thanks. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Jesus, read a book, people. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Kellen. Um, <laughs> So, uh, so Greg's like, we're gonna we're gonna take you into the ballroom, which has not been accessible to the general public in in a good decade. And he's like, it's it's under construction right now. Construction had been going rather slowly because the funding would fall through, and then they, another crew would come in. It's typical as big projects like this. So Greg takes us through. You can't get there in a in a direct way, or couldn't at the time. You had to go to the floor directly beneath where the ballroom is, which I believe is 18, if I'm correct, or is it 21? Is the ballroom on 22 or 19? It's on 19. 19. Uh, so we were on floor 18, and uh, if I remember then you correctly, had to take a right, service we take elevator. like a service elevator. Yes, and yeah. the staircase we had to take was like an off-limits, like weird old staircase that looked old as shit. Like you walked in there and you're like, okay, this is definitely like from Newsies. And <laughs> with like old signage and old like valve pipes that are hanging out that serve no purpose anymore because they're not connected to any main lines in the hotel, but it's the only accessible point, uh, the only access point for the thing. And then we had to crawl through this little weird dark space and then here we are in this giant, open, freaky-ass, a ballroom, which is partly going under construction, and this part over here is all just loaded with storage and stuff. Where it's like, so it's creepy because there's like, it's like the most haunted looking room in the hotel. Mm. There's sawhorses with sheets over them. There's old furniture stacked up, and then yeah. these skylights that look onto the Dallas skyline because there's many, many buildings much They're taller. Angled. They're kind of at this angle, and there's a catwalk that runs under them like so. Which is important. So if you're on the catwalk, visible, you are visible. You can be safe. at every point in the room. And so we're, we're, we walk in and like Greg, I'll never forget. He's like, yeah, this, something's going to happen. It always does. He was so nonchalant. Yeah. It was kind of like, yeah, shit's going to, you're going to get, your things are going to happen. And we're like, okay. And he's like, well, cool, here you go. And he like had a flashlight and he's like, go ahead and get your phones out and do all that stuff and just stick together because, you know, we don't want anyone to get hurt. You know, people can fall and things like that. But it's cool. And the minute, the minute we walk in, we can hear footsteps. All over. Mm -hmm. On the catwalk. We can hear footsteps on the catwalk, the, the very specific, like, resonating metal clack, 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 and we can just hear it, and we're like, what the fuck is that? And we'd hear, like, footsteps on the wood right in front of us of, like, people, like, clattering toward us within feet and then clattering off. And I'm like, you know. <laughs> it was creepy. It was, it was so very, creepy. Very creepy. Shadows, and lots of shadows moving. Shadows everywhere. Up high where there's nobody could stand. Yeah. And my nice. my first thought, because I I love a good ghost story too, but I'm I'm very skeptical, and obviously being a showman, I'm like they're putting on a show. Greg's got some buddies hiding out here doing some shit, and I'm like, you know, what? we're just gonna tip him anyway because this is nice. This is what we wanted. <laughs> but I can't explain the footsteps on the catwalk, and we can't explain the cigar smoke that we smell because mm -hmm. we walked oh, through a very right, yeah. very thick cloud of cigar smoke 
uh, and yeah. we heard music uh, coming from this area over here. It sounded like someone had left a little radio on, and he, yeah, it was just this crazy little, like, like a, uh, yeah, it's like when a, if you have a shortwave radio that doesn't quite come in, occasionally a little piece of music will come through and then stop. It was like that. And so we're like, oh, okay, what is mm -hmm. that? And, and Greg is just like, yeah. <laughs> Greg is so nonchalant, like this is nothing. And there's a coat closet over what used to be a coat, uh, coat closet over on one side. And he's like, Let's, let me take you over here and I'll tell you the next story. And this, then he told us the story. Um, well, not yet he wasn't, excuse me, I'm getting ahead of myself. We walk in there and he's like, does anyone want to go in there and just... Tell me if they feel something. And we're like, <laughs> run in there, all of us. And it's a tiny coat closet. So we're like, yeah, squeezing in there. Let's see, let's see. And immediately we're all like, oh shit, that's just like all three of us that were in there. And I, Brandon, mm -hmm. I can't remember, were you in there too or were you were outside at that point? Okay, because yeah. there wasn't enough room for all four of us. Jean Luc was there. And Jean Luc too. was with us too. Yeah. So we had five people. And we, we, so Alexis and Jamie and I kind of piled into this, this cloakroom and immediately felt like, I mean, sick, like sick to our stomachs. All three of us were like, what the fuck mm -hmm. is happening? And uh, Alexis, I believe, grabbed her throat and was like, yeah, this is, I don't like this. And Jamie was yeah. like, yeah, I'm getting that too, let's go. And I'm like, I didn't get the throat thing, but I was like, oh, I feel like bile. So we step out of there and, and the feeling too, immediately too real. dissipates. And Greg goes, yeah, that's where the bride was uh, supposedly hung herself on the rafter and pointed herself. to the <laughs> Sorry, hanged herself. Jesus, I fucked up. Sorry. Now, and that being said, we all felt that, but there again, there is nothing that says that a woman uh, committed suicide there. So, you know, not sure where the feeling comes from, but it we definitely all felt something mm -hmm. at the same time. And sometimes, in my experience at least, uh, stories, whether true or not, can accumulate enough power that they do kind of have an effect. And so you can go in there and not even know what the story is supposed to be, but the story takes on a life of its own. Yeah, it's and there really will be strange. something we get to that I think you guys will find interesting about that. Oh, we'll get to that. That's your part. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we have this experience, um, and we kind of sit there and like, hey, and then we hear the music again, and we're just hearing this, and Greg is like, yeah, yeah, it's kind of cool. And he lets us kind of wander freely in this place mm -hmm. for a good half hour, it felt. Um, with our lights and everything taking pictures. Nothing really came out in the pictures that was that was terribly striking, but we all just kind of felt like we were being watched. And so, to Greg's credit, if this was a setup and he had friends hiding, it was um, very risky to let to give us free reign of the place to look and find stuff, because we didn't find anyone. And he was like, hey, look around, whatever, it's fine. And as we, the last moment before we left, uh, the reason we left is because Greg was in the middle of telling us a story about some... Uh, something or other music and cigar smoke that had been experienced by people uh, on the contract crew. Uh, and he was like, yeah, yeah, this happened. Then we hear this. And off in the corner, opposite from the cloakroom, is an elevator, a very old elevator, the type that's actually got a crank that's manual. And it's not been in use. It hasn't, that elevator goes to a part of the hotel that's no longer publicly available. And there's no reason for anyone to be there. They were actually in the process of gutting it to make it, to make room for this. It didn't work. Yeah, it didn't work. Um, there shouldn't. There wasn't even, as I recall, Greg said there wasn't even a box in there anymore. It was just an elevator shaft, and there might have been old cables or something. But and it still had this beautiful brass uh, uh, dial on top of it to tell you what floor, and it was just stuck at like two or something. And then we hear this, and we hear a ding <laughs> from like floors below. Yeah. Like if you can, if you're on an elevator or near an elevator, you can hear the ding on other floors. And Greg looks, and he just shines his flashlight at the dial, and the dial is moving, and he's like. Well, that ain't supposed to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, uh, we should probably go. He's like, guys, this is new to me. I'm going to recommend we go. And I'm like, yeah, 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 let's go. Let's go. Because he's like, that's not even an elevator anymore. 
And I was like, well, not for the living. Let's get the fuck out. So we left and we tipped Greg handsomely as I, I right. advise you do if you ever uh, get some a staffer at a hotel or a haunted place to like, you know, take time out yeah, of their day tip. to give you a tour. Always tip handsomely. Tip your ghost tour guides. And then we... we <laughs> and your we, bartenders. We uh, <laughs> had a couple more drinks to finish off the night and then we went to the suite where we mm -hmm. all had beds. And then I'll let you take the story over from there because you had a horrible experience. Uh, so my, my story is kind of separate as well. And I feel like if we have time, we'll finish with it. Because okay. it's long. It's long. All and right. I want to get into some of this other stuff. Okay. Um, so you want to get into the history? Yeah, yeah. So um, quite apart from the ghost, the Adolphus is a really fascinating hotel. Uh, it's one, it's incredibly gorgeous. And the past few years, ever since uh, the late, um, the late early aughts, they've contracted uh, an architecture firm to, re to uh, recreate the way it looked when it was opened in 1912. It opened first on October 5th, 1912. Monica Rial's birthday. Not yeah. 1912. Not 1912. Like, wow, she looks. Does so she look amazing? Um, <laughs> uh, so it was opened in 1912, but it was uh, interestingly enough, it's called the Adolphus after the first name of the guy that decided to build it. His full name was uh, Adolphus Bush, named after the one of the co-founders of the Anheuser Busch Company, the people that make <laughs> that really awful beer. Um, but enough people drink it that Adolphus could open a hotel. <laughs> So we had it built, and it was designed by an architect by the name of Thomas P. Barnett of Barnett, Haynes, and Barnett of St. Louis, which was the kind of, at the time, St. Louis was um, kind of the apex of this architectural style that was very popular in the late Gilded Age. So it was, you'd walk in and you'd have giant oak panelings, the most expensive marble floors, chandeliers that could just, like, if they dropped out of the sky, they'd take out an entire room of people. Like, it, it was just the, it was the... It was um, all very Phantom of the Opera, you see Very Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. And so... <laughs> Uh, and the Adolphus Hotel immediately knew its clientele was going to... This was the age of what were called robber barons, where people that made their fortunes by being like, you know, cool, let's just cheat a bunch of people and, like, make, let's run ro railroads through there and let's, like, let's dig for oil and just let... Whatever. It's it's not terribly dissimilar to our own time. Um, <laughs> but it's called the robber barons. So all these people that were kind of just one generation from away from being, like, land pirates uh, had these huge fortunes, didn't know what to do with them, so they built a lot of stuff to basically jack each other off with. And that's what the Adolphus <laughs> was. They're like, hey, other rich people come and be fancy over here. So the Adolphus is gorgeous, but it was the absolute, like, last word in luxury at the time. Uh, it was the tallest building in Dallas for a number mm -hmm. of years, for at least the first, I think, 12 years of its, of its life. It was the tallest building by quite a few stories until the Magnolia Building was built. The Magnolia Building started life, incidentally, as the petroleum company building mm. had that big, uh, the, uh, not the horse, Pegasus, Pegasus. on top of it. Um, it's Which is now, different than the penis vagina building. You know, that would come later. It's a penis vagina building. So, um, but it was a really, um, it was penis such vagina. a, to give you an idea of some of the fancy stuff they did over, over the years, this ballroom and other, other similar club rooms on different floors, the ballroom was by all means the fanciest. They had an ice rink that temporarily sometimes. They'd do ice folly shows there. And people that were uh, one of the, I can't remember her name at the moment, it'll come back to me later, uh, but she was famous for being the star of Broadway on Ice. She uh, directed and performed a show there on, in, an, in a, a makeshift ice rink in the hotel. Um, it's really, really cool. So this, it went on, um, it had kind of a shady history for a while uh, during, especially during the Jim Crow era. There was a book called The Green Book, which if you were a person of color, you had a copy of because it told you where you could go that was safe and where you should probably avoid. Um, it was like a Zagat's guide for people of color who wanted to, uh, you know, survive. 
Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the Adolphus did not have a very high rating in the Green Book because it was the preferred meeting place of the Hold Dallas on. KKK. Hold on. Are you trying to say rich people who steal land aren't nice to people? Shocking, I know. That's so surprising. Right. So uh, so that was that interesting thing. So so the Adolphus has been host to some shady characters over the years, uh, as you might imagine. I mean, not every rich person in the world is the nicest person you'd like to meet. I would be wonderful rich. I think I would know. be. We all would um, be, wouldn't we? But uh, so so this, uh, you know, the, the hotel's history was great. Like I said, in the... Um, it tried to get kind of modern in the 80s. They hired an architecture firm to kind of be like, well, let's modernize it, let's let's enlarge the rooms because even for very rich, fancy people back in the day, uh, rooms were much smaller and mm -hmm. still considered comfortable. But as, as you know- And they very rarely on, had bathrooms attached. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it was Ensuite. usually, yeah. So um, eventually this, this firm was like, well, let's make it more modern, but they did actually fell out of favor. People really liked the old glitzy sort of old world glamor of it and missed that. And so the hotel began to not be such a popular hotspot. But then in the nineties, when they started, uh, they went ahead and kept the expansion, but they were like, well, let's go ahead and redecorate everything in the old style. So they started getting old stuff out of storage, uh, old portraits, old uh, tapestries. There was a lot of um, different, at different times in the Adolphus's history, they would celebrate other cultures, ironically. And there was a lot of, um, uh, well-known uh, Hawaiian tapestries that were gifted to them from the then king of Hawaii. And uh, uh, so that, that they decided to take out of storage. And so they're now all over the bistro area and the smoking room, uh, what was the smoking room. And as the, as it's kind of found its old identity again, the place got more and more popular and more and more haunted. Uh, the French room decided to become more and more French. And if you go into the French room, which I highly recommend if you have a chance, the food is great, but my God, it's like stepping into Versailles. You're like, why? There's gold Without everywhere. all the shit in the corners. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one's, um, no one's shitting in pots. Yeah, no one's shitting in pots that we know of. That we know of. So, uh, <laughs> and uh, and people uh, like when the the hotel became so famous again in uh, the '90s that when Queen Elizabeth II, the current reigning monarch of England, decided to come and visit Dallas, she stayed in the Adolphus and gifted a, a, an official state portrait. And um, then they hired the current architecture firm that manages it and, mm -hmm. and has brought it back to its full splendor. And if you go into the hotel now, uh, it more or less, with the, with the exception of an escalator <laughs> in, in the, on the first floor as you walk in, it pretty much looks exactly as it did back in 1912, over 100 years ago. So, and that seems to have gotten a lot of people that work there going, yeah, the ghosts are back now too. Mm -hmm. um, and that was some of Greg's points. He's like, yeah, the, the lady in white's around. And, and you know, some of the stories, and again, we'll, we'll, uh, I have a theory about ghost stories. They don't always have to be true to be real. Um, in, in other words, like if you tell a story enough, it does take on a life of its own and become like, well, you're not imagining this. This is a real thing. It seems to be a thought form that has taken, uh, that has independent existence. That's kind of all what we felt in the cloakroom before we knew about the story of the bride mm -hmm. that was supposedly hanged there. Um, and that, in a nutshell, is, is the history. Is the history of the <clears throat> lovely Adolphus Hotel. So. With that, oh wow, you did just do bullet points. Boop, doop, boop. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot. So now let's talk about, let's get morbid. You ready to get morbid? Let's talk about <laughs> the like, yeah. deaths in the hotel that are known. Okay. So I got this information, most of it from an article in. <laughs> In D Magazine, go figure, by S. Holland Murphy, who dug through the Dallas Morning News archives to get the vast majority of these known deaths. He did all my research for him, and I really appreciate it. It's going to get dark. <laughs> all right. Keep in mind that uh, old obituaries were very, very descriptive. Now, 
you don't know how people die. If they'll just have an obituary, we this person passed it, we're so sad. Yeah, exactly. Now it's different. So there's a lot of uh, fun information from before. So um, just two weeks. So this is in 1912. Oh, no, it doesn't have my dates. Shit. No one cares about dates. Okay, well, it was 1912, like, because it had all of the, there, okay, there, there. Okay, so this was in 1912, two weeks after the Adolphus's grand opening. An Italian waiter fresh from Chicago fell three floors down the elevator shaft from the main lobby. He had turned to talk to someone and backed into the elevator, not noticing that the lift had gone up without him. The waiter's skull was crushed, and he died two hours later at the Baptist Sanitarium, where doctors Rosser and Doolittle strangely, unsuccessfully <laughs> performed the operation of raising the bone. Two years later, a 45-year-old insurance man and Shriner from New Hampshire went for a walk with a group of men after dining at the Adolphus, during which time he became ill and sank to the sidewalk. His friends helped him back to the hotel, and 30 minutes later, he was dead. The death was ruled as an acute attack of indigestion and apoplexy. Note, apoplexy could mean stroke, but it's also possible the medical examiner used this as a blanket term for sudden death since it was difficult to differentiate heart attacks from strokes back in the day. A woman sometimes would just die from being a woman, like that's what they would say. <clears throat> there is, they used to call heart attacks everlasting faints. Everlasting faints, yeah. Doesn't that sound like a perfume? Yes, nice, right? <laughs> Not that long. Not that long ago. Like maybe yep. 80 years. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the next year, during a business meeting with a Dallas gentleman, a 26-year-old traveler collecting for an Iowa, an Iowa cement company pardoned himself to his hotel bathroom, then subsequently threw himself across the bed and was soon in convulsions. One third empty, a one-third emptied six-ounce bottle labeled poison was found in the bathroom. In the room where there was a note, there, in the room there was a note believed to have been addressed to the young man's stepfather that read. I got the wrong bottle. Love to all. It's creepy. Here we, I told y'all, there's the a lot of this shit. the original shit poster. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> got the wrong bottle. Boom. Like, wait, you wrote, oh. Now we'll never know. Okay, so a couple years later, uh, after stopping to let passengers off at the sixth floor of the Adolphus Annex, the then brand new 12-story addition built onto the hotel, this, a 16-year-old elevator boy attempted to hop on the already ascending elevator but missed his step and fell 100 feet to the basement. The Dallas Morning News report said that the boy's skull was shattered and both legs were broken. They told you everything. 1920, January 15th. So like, you know, 100 years ago, almost to the day. Just after 11 p.m., in the Commerce Street entrance to the Adolphus, a chauffeur, chauffeur for Bauer Auto Rent Company was fatally shot three times by a chauffeur, chauffeur, I don't know why I can't say it right now, for Adolphus, for Adolphus Auto Rent Company. About 20 witnesses were on the scene, and one of the victim's co-workers explained that bad blood had brewed between the two during a strike several days prior, and the gunman had a bruise and a cut on his face to prove it. A few years later, a 30-year-old Mexican cook stuck his head into the, I don't know why they put that, it was from the, probably from the story. <laughs> like, this is probably from the paper. Uh, <laughs> uh, stuck his head in the elevator shaft to look for an elevator's whereabouts. And he found it. And was instantly killed by the descending car. 
That's a terrible idea. Yeah. <laughs> so a terrible idea. if you go on YouTube and search Haunted Adolphus, the top five or ten videos will all be videos of the elevators freaking the fuck out. Mm -hmm. All of them will open and close. And they'll all be on one floor. And they don't have the phones in the area, the like waiting area in front of the, of the elevators anymore, but those, those used to ring like crazy. Mm -hmm. Why, when somebody's calling an elevator, do all of the elevators go to the same floor and just open? We yeah, saw it. It's we did, we crazy. Did. It's yeah. crazy. Didn't you get in? Um, we tried to get in. We tried. The door <laughs> yeah, they just open and slam. It's, yeah. it's crazy. It's crazy. Like, now nah, we'll get the next one. <clears throat> <laughs> so, a few years later, when a model walked into a hotel room ready to assist an to assist a 60-year-old millinery salesman with his spring displays, she found nothing but a torn window screen. She notified staff and the man's body was soon found in an air shaft. The young woman told authorities the man had recently been despondent and had told her he wouldn't see his family again. Investigators ruled the case a suicidal jump. According to the news, the force gained in the fall from the eighth floor caused his body to tear through the galvanized iron roof of an air shaft in one of the inside courts. He had plunged on through to the bottom of the shaft and his bad head and body were badly torn and cut by the blades of the powerful fan. That explained the loud crash and puff of dust from fans reported by kitchen employees the night before. She just wanted a head. She just... That's all it was. It's not the hat's fault, you guys. <laughs> a few years later, a two-year-old son of a musician climbed on the windowsill to look out, leaned against the screen from the open window, fell 12 stories to his death. His family sued because of the, the window screen, and the court found that the screen is supposed to keep insects out. It is not supposed to keep people in. So they did not win that lawsuit, but this two-year-old boy died. With his clothes ablaze a few years later, a 50-year-old man plunged from his fiery 11th floor room and died on impact when his head struck the hotel's marquee. I'm telling you guys, it's real fucked up. <laughs> As described by the news in a lengthy story, while a crowd watched from the street, the man leaned out of the window surrounded by smoke, pleading, the, uh, the rape's about to start, sorry, just this boom. Um, Pleading, please, somebody save me. Some witnesses believe the man was overcome by smoke and fell, while officials believe he jumped to escape the flames. More controversy ensued over reports that firemen were hung up by the hotel's night clerk and delayed when given the wrong floor. Four days later, after an extensive investigation, jurors decided no state laws were violated during the incident. Later... A maid discovered a 36-year-old fashion buyer from Houston visiting for a fashion show dead in her room. It was determined to have been a natural death due to acute alcoholism. Acute? Acute. acute. It was the most adorable alcoholism ever. <laughs> <laughs> it was just those bartenders, you guys, I know. They know what's up. Okay. So this is the one that I think is very interesting. I believe this was in the 60s. I, my dates didn't print out on here, so I can't tell it. But the smashed body of a 25-year-old sex worker was found in a small courtyard 14, years below, 14 floors below her room. 14 years later. No, 14 floors below her room. <laughs> That's different. Uh, the news described the woman's body plunging down the 4 by 8 inset and building ricocheting from wall to wall and also included such details as the book found on her bed, A Fool There Was, 
There, there were signs of a struggle, but the case remained a mystery for months. A 31-year-old man with a record for procuring, which means pimping, was questioned as well as two others. But it wasn't until months later, in January of 1959, when an 18-year-old woman was beaten and left in a mercantile in a mercantile continental building closet that authorities encountered Willie Philpot, whom the news noted as a two-time loser in the end, but with not nice words. In the weeks to follow, authorities said Philpot confessed to a series of crimes, including the mercantile building beating, the raven slaying of a 10-year-old girl in Longview, and the beating of several men in Sherman and Alabama as well as the murder of the Adolphus sex worker. According to authorities, Philpott said he was employed at the Adolphus and after delivering food and setups to the woman's room throughout the day, she gave him whiskey. From a February 1959 news article, as they talked, his hand began to twitch and he flipped a towel around her neck. Philpott said when she became still, he tossed her out the window and went back to work. Philpott was eventually executed in Huntsville for the rape and murder of that 10-year-old girl. Oh. Well, uh, you know, mm. you can only kill him once, so unfortunately. Um, so that's the one that stands out to me as she was on the 14th floor, but she was also definitely, we know she was strangled. So it's interesting. <laughs> A witness said... Oh. He warned the hotel porter to make sure the elevator car was on the second floor to load band equipment. But just after replying, yes, it's here, the porter stepped onto the eleva elevator shaft and met his death. The elevators, y'all. These elevator shafts are starving. <laughs> They're so hungry. Yes. Elevator <laughs> shafts. <laughs> so the most recent thing I could find was in 2012, New Year's Eve, 2012, a 28-year-old Dallas man was found dead in room 1809 specifically. Um, and nobody knows. Well, I'm sure somebody knows, but it's you can't find why because it was 2012 and they don't tell us those details anymore. Um, I did read that he had, he was an, uh, kind of an up-and-coming businessman, I think in accounting or mortgage accounting or something like that. But he had been arrested and was being tried for uh, stealing from a Walmart, like an iPad and stuff, and trying to return it. So I don't know if that had anything to do with it. A lot, there was some speculation I found online, but there's nothing definitive. That's the most recent known public death. What we heard was that people go in all the time and just die. They'll go in to take a break, sit down at, the, at a table in the restaurant, die. And it happens a lot at the Adolphus. Yeah, it's just kind of a thing that they know. Yeah. Uh, what? Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. Give us a minute. Give us a minute. Give us a minute. Yeah, yeah. So I want to the Adolphus is gorgeous. Hold on to that energy. With all of this. EVP. Okay. Well, then, well, we're done. Let us finish. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, good. Okay. So, Hold this on is to a lot energy. of information about the Adolphus. That said, we love it there. The Adolphus is gorgeous. The restaurants mm. are wonderful. We highly recommend people to stay at this classy-ass hotel. Mm. Just watch your step if you're getting on the elevator. <laughs> and so, that is the history and hauntings of the Adolphus Theater. Thank and you. And now... Oh, but we're not done. Because we still have the rest of our night there, right. the four of us. 
in, so, in the presidential suite. Now, to go back, I was not drinking as much as Michael was. Uh, I had only. You never are. That's true. That's true. Uh, I only had a couple of drinks the whole night. Um, we went to a restaurant. I think two or three of us ordered the same meal. A couple of drinks. Not a big deal. I'm going to start off with that. So we go. We have this great time. At the time, I had recently ex like done like a clairvoyant class. So I learned how to just like tune into people and I guess talk to the other side. It was really fucking cool. I don't know how I did it. It was neat though. And so we did it. And I, at one point described Michael as a child along yeah. with his speech therapist and something really very personal that he doesn't. And I don't know how I did. I just say yeah. what I thought. Um, same thing. I did it with Brandon too. And he was like, I don't know. And I was like, that's fine. Cause I don't know what I'm doing. And then, <laughs> uh, I, Michael's like, I wanted to go again. So I was like, okay. And so I'm sitting there and I felt like something was peeking around a corner to see if it was okay to come out. And then I was like, what, what is the deal? And then it was just like all this anger, all of this rage. And I thought at first it was Michael's. I was like, this isn't about you. This isn't about you. This is something else. And I got to get it out of whatever's happening. I immediately felt ill and I laid down and Alexis was there with all her crystals on me and she's <laughs> curing whatever happened. And um, it was great. It was great. And I started to feel better. And then we went to bed and they brought us roll away cots, but for some reason they definitely look like civil war hospital cots. It was very creepy. <laughs> and I was like, what? what is this? That probably didn't help anything. It wasn't terribly comfortable. And I started to feel, feel ill again. And I was like, I think I'm going to have to go home. If I still don't feel good in an hour, I'm going home. So by three o'clock, three 30, I was oh, like, okay, yeah. yeah, I got to go. And so I woke him up. I was like, I'm going to go. I just, I feel like I need to be out of this space. Mm. And, uh, so I went and got my car. It took them for fucking ever. <laughs> it's like, I am the only person out here. Valet, stop talking and go get my car <laughs> or just give me my keys. Something. I really needed to go home and I knew it. And I got into my car and it was like, the closer I got to leaving, the more desperate I got to get away. And I did not feel well. So I was driving home at the time. I was on Abrams, curving around, back over coming into Gaston, if you guys know the area at all. And as I got closer, I was like, oh my God, I'm gonna be sick. And I, there was no reason for it. So I stop, throw the door open in the middle of the street, and uh, and projectile vomit. <laughs> but sorry, sorry, Matt. I'm sorry, Matt. Did you just duck from the imaginary projectile vomit? <laughs> he did. He vomit? flinched. He flinched. So I didn't. I didn't get it open in time. And so you know the pocket and the. <laughs> that. And so I was done. I was like, okay, maybe that was so weird. It was such a weird experience, a weird feeling. I was like, all right, okay, so this is fine. I'm good. And I turned around and uh, faced the steering wheel, shut the door, soup, schlop. <laughs> and I was like, this is fine. I'm going to be fine now. I'm going to go home, projectile vomit into a steering wheel. And I don't know if you've ever projectile vomited into a flat surface before. <laughs> but what happens is it hits and then bounces right, like right back into your face. And um, there, I don't know if you've ever experienced vomit in your eyelashes before, but I have, I don't recommend it if you can <laughs> at all. But even in that moment, as I was 
covering my own self in vomit, I thought, this is going to be really funny later. <laughs> and then I drove home soaked. I knew it was over. I was like, so, there are going to be cops. I'm going to be pulled over. But I wasn't. I was like, they're going to open the door. I'm not drunk. <laughs> but I knew I wasn't drunk, and the food didn't bother anybody. So there was nothing about it that should have made me projectile vomit into my own eyelashes, right? <laughs> I go home. My brother was watching the dogs, and he opened the door, and I held it shut. And I was like, don't look at me. <laughs> Just go back to bed. And then I went and got in the shower with all of my clothes on and took care of the situation. <laughs> It was really bad. I told him what happened the next morning. And I just was exhausted. I wasn't sick anymore. I wasn't nauseated anymore. I was just exhausted and I couldn't do anything for a couple of days. So I talked to a uh, medium psychic Mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. a friend of ours. And she told me that I literally was purging whatever something. She thought it was probably a land spirit of some sort that has taken residency up in the Adolphus and is very angry that there are people there. And... uh, it had somehow attached to me. And that was my body's way of saying, get out. So I, I, I let, maybe it's not at the Adolphus anymore. It might be at the corner of Gaston of Abr- and Abrams. <laughs> or in the car, because it was a rental. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> I definitely had the insurance. Uh, so I haven't been back since, and I also haven't tried to read anybody's. It's probably <laughs> it wise. A, it was a valuable lesson. A um, spiritual epicac. <laughs> and so, yeah, that is our story of the Adolphus. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Guys. So, so definitely go. Yeah. Okay, Inman, you said you had follow-up to, to the opener? Uh, no, I have something I wish I did differently. I'm actually telling her right now. <laughs> <laughs> you just have one thing you wish you would do differently? Just really one thing. That's, no. Yes. Okay, so what is it? I come, come, come. Yeah, come on. Come on. Okay. Do I have time? Yeah, yeah, we have time probably for a couple of stories. So. podcast, but this is cool. And you might be able to hear it if this will pick it up. So... Um, my friend Carla, uh, you may, did anybody watch the Mick on Fox? Snores. They're okay, children. Sure. They're all, there was a hand. Do you guys watch anything but anime? Um, she's an actor. He's she's, a, he's she's said been, but anime. Yeah. We've been friends forever and we've both had a mutual, uh, love of ghost stories and whatnot. And when she came out to visit, we, this is her texting because I'm telling her I'm talking about this right now. Uh, with who? <laughs> the podcast. Um, oh, she's telling me how she's sharing what I'm telling you about right now. Um, we, as all of you know, I love to try to go to the catfish plantation and I am completely heartbroken every time I go. I bring friends to go. Everyone hates it. The service sucks. The food sucks. The only reason to go is because it's supposed to be the most haunted place in Texas. It's this old Victorian era home in the middle of a residential area. It has no business being a restaurant because I don't know how they even got zoned for it, but there it is in Waxahachie. Um, And it's, it's famous for being haunted. There's binders in the front of stories of people hearing things. One of the more common haunts is uh, silverware being crossed while you're not looking. Um, There's three ghosts that are supposed to inhabit the home. One killed herself by hunging her. She hung herself. She She hanged herself. herself. Um, 
uh, one is a there's an actual grave in the yard in the side yard of the residence, right? So I when Carla came out to visit, and this was just uh, last spring. Remember when we went to we made a day of it. Um, we took her down to Catfish Plantation. And we've been there before. I've taken there before. So now it's just kind of a, let's go to that really shitty haunted restaurant. Okay. So <laughs> it's, yeah, sold. So it was when her friend Rose was with us. So me and Kimberly and Carla and her friend Rose drove down to Waxahachie, had dinner, told ghost stories. The place was empty because it was in the after, middle of the afternoon, right? I was outside probably smoking. I smoked at the time. Uh, Kimberly and Rose went to the bathroom and my friend Carla made this video and of her, it's like selfie angle like this. I'm about to show you, but I don't know how well you're going to be able to see it, but there's nobody else in the room and the restaurant around the room that she's in is pretty dead and empty. Um, and she never really looked at it or gave a shit. And then just the other night, here it is just the other night, she called me or she texted it me, to me freaking out because she, let me play it. See if you can hear it. But this is her kind of holding the phone up to her face with a stupid Snapchat ruins lives. <laughs> <laughs> just talking about being at the catfish plantation. There's nobody in the room around her at all. I'm here at the catfish plantation as a mouse. That's not, you know, unsettling. So, I'm not gonna lie. At first, I really wanted to be like, try the key lime pie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but it's no, it's it's behind you. <laughs> like here. Oh my have, god, that's so good. We, I know. Um, everybody's like, Woo! so. We have, like, me and Carla have been trying to figure out. Yeah, no, Kelly what nailed it. It's, it's fine. <laughs> this is me telling her, send it to Zach Baggins or Baggins or whatever that guy's Do doing. not ever give that person content. No. Uh, Do not so like we've her. came up with some options. She's played it to ghostly evidence. What are, like, we have, this is some cat memes. We're cat people. Uh, it's, oh, we have, it's by the shelf. It's fine as hell. Uh, it's fine as hell. Okay, I'm it's fine as hell. Like, it's by the shelf. I heard it's my chair, or <laughs> I understand. She's talking about a chair in it or something, or she just was talking. So it could be, it's behind you, because the chair is, is behind her as well. Uh, or it could be saying something something like, we agreed that you can definitely hear it's an I starting sound, like I something, like it's my chair, or I understand, or something. Like, I don't know. It's just so fucking crazy. Well, I think yeah, next to a serious saying what serious is. The other thing, though, that, you know, what is she saying? Where's the speaker here? That's not, you know, exactly. Wait. Yeah, it's behind. It's the it's the twang. I I can hear the Here's twang the more than anything. Here's like, the thing I would do though, because something. the timing it's exactly after she finishes talking. So I would wonder if it's talking to her. So is it possibly saying something back to her? Right. I'm here. The catfish plantation is a mouse. That's not, you know, unsettling. No one. 
it's not yeah. unsettling. Maybe she's talking about a rat. <laughs> I believe it at that place. <laughs> so then. Oh, the big, to me, if, I don't know if you can see that the big debunker about it not being anybody else in the room is because she's holding the phone up here. There's nobody else in the room. Yeah, and it's like this if I was taking a video of myself. So if it would be anybody else, they'd have to be right here talking into the microphone. Standing through the table. This, yeah, it's like we literally shit ourselves half the night. Ask, she was like, I gotta go to bed. I'm like, we're talking about fucking ghosts, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so. And well, still, I'd like to point out that she heard from a ghost before she did a waiter. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You sh I think, though, you should go through and see if there's anything. Have you watched the video and looked to see if there's anything behind a chair? No, I mean, yeah. I've, I've listened to it like a million times. Yeah, watch it. Get yeah. it on your computer and go through frame Ooh, by frame. See what you can see. We might have to. No, no, we'll just go We'll drink ahead of time. Yeah, drink ahead of time. Get a meal somewhere go. else. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to bring us home with a, with a nice submission? Come on up. A submission. Becca has written in submissions before. <laughs> I just okay. want to point out, I love that stuff. And, it, you know, it was kind of sad. I was trying to scroll through my phone because I actually have a voicemail um, somewhere in my phone from years ago of this. It, it might have been a prank call. I don't know, but it still freaked me out because, like, I missed the call. And so I go through my voicemail, and I hear this little girl's voice on my voicemail, and it says, I had a dream that my fingernail colors came off, and then she just giggles. And it's the, it's the highest pitch, like, weirdest message. And I was like don't know why I kept it, but I did. <laughs> and so it's somewhere in there. But, you know, if I find it. Find it, let I'll, us know. Yeah, I'll like, find a way like, to. Well, yes, I would like to save 15% on my. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, you know, maybe if I find that, I can yeah. find a way to submit it. Um, but um, so I just wanted to also mention that um, they know me from uh, submitting a story, a scary story to their podcast, which they have. You look up their website and then you can submit a story. Um, and so I submitted a story about my time working at a place called the Sally House, which is one of the most haunted houses in the U.S. Um, I, you know, backstory for me, I went to high school in Nacogdoches, um, Kansas, uh, Kansas, Atchison, Kansas, sorry, Atchison, Kansas. And as a requirement for our high school to graduate, you need volunteer hours. And so one of the options was to work at one of the many haunted venues, and I chose Sally House. Um, and so that I submitted a, one story from that. And so that being said, I highly, 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 if you have a good story, recommend that you write it um, because I want to hear y'all's stories too. And I was so excited because my friend Caitlin texted me. She goes, oh my gosh, Becca, you're on the podcast. I'm like, what? I made it? And so it was so great. Um, and I'm so thankful. Um, We're thankful to you. It was oh, a great story. <laughs> uh, and I'm so sorry because I heard like you read it and it was so long and you were like, Oh, like under the weather, notes, but, but like, yeah. Anyway, quit doubting yourself. Okay. <laughs> anyway, thank you. Um, so the story that I want to bring to you was from my time working there. Um, and it was a story told by one of the co-volunteers that I worked with. And it was one of his uh, uh, positions there. Um, and this is a story about him touring this little family group. 
and they had a little girl. So backstory, short, shorter backstory of the Sally House. You'll have to, you know, listen to the podcast to hear the full thing. Uh, Sally House is basically about this. It's a house owned by this doctor. And one night, this woman, like this mother comes in, storming in. Her daughter has this little girl daughter, Sally, has a something wrong with her, you know, uh, like she has abdominal pain. Uh, turns out she had this medical issue that just went, it just, she, it killed her in the end. But she, it, people believe that she died with the vision of the doctor torturing her because he tried to do surgery before the anesthesia took a full effect. So many reports of like visitors who come in, a lot of males come out with bruises and scratches. So that's one of the, you know, many paranormal hauntings that come out. Uh, and so fast forward to this tour, uh, it's this family and their little daughters with them and they're touring the place. Not sure if the basement is open at the time, but it's open now. Fuck the basement. Um, <laughs> and I'll submit a story of the basement in another one. Um, and so they're touring the place and, you know, they're upstairs. It's a two, uh, two story little house. And, you know, they're walking around and the little girl, uh, their daughter is suddenly gone. And so they're looking around, you know, they even go through the basement and she's not down there. And, you know, they go through all the rooms and then they hear giggling. And it's not only her voice that they hear, but they hear another voice giggling back. They go through each room, they can't find her until they, you know, it's upstairs and towards the back, it's this last room. And in that room, there's this tiny little door against the wall. It's like a little weird closet. You know, think of like Harry Potter, like when he lived in that little cupboard under the stairs, it's kind of like that small. And they open the door and it's this like little tiny, like, you know, you know, room. And she's sitting there crisscross their daughter and she's laughing at the wall. And they go, you know, call her Stacy. I don't know her name. And they're like, Stacy, what are you doing? She says, I'm playing with my friend. And so they're like, well, what are you talking about? She's like, yeah, her name is Sally. So, <laughs> so I said, so what did you do? He goes, I, I, I can. <laughs> he, you know, he legitimately stuttered. He's like. I just went blank and I said, well, that's great. Let's continue. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's my short story. So that's there good. you go. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Oh, that's a good one. That one got me too. That one got me too. So yes, oh. you guys can check out the podcast, ghoulintentions.com. You can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter. And you can also send in your stories at, at the ghoulintentions.com. Listen to the podcast on all the podcast apps. Thank you so much for coming. We really appreciate you guys. Yes. And remember, it's, it's okay, okay to sleep with the lights on. on.